When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. She got into my arms. She loves flowers. And I was like, I'm so sorry. She has autism. She was like, she's fine. All on Oliver Plunkett Street in the middle of broad daylight. There's a group of young men just getting high. For somebody coming in off an ambulance trolley, I have found that we physically do not have enough trolleys. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. Hello. Morning, all. Ah, is it nice to be back? Well, it is. It is. Um, would, would I prefer to be still out sending you more of my photographs from my coffee and the view of the sea? That's a good talking point, but it's nice to be back. Thank you so much to Gareth who's been stirring up and starting some great conversations over the last couple of weeks while I was sunning myself and putting on a good half stone uh, on the beaches of, of Lansbury. A which more later, I caught up with an awful lot of people out there. I met one man who actually listens to the show in his pub every morning as he's preparing to open up. So there you go. 0818969696 the number the text to whatsapp is 083-396-9696 and the email is opinion at 96fm.ie did you miss me? did you? did you? don't don't answer that <laughs> don't answer that be half afraid don't ask a question unless you're prepared for the answer now <clears throat> while I was away the whole bunch of students were, sorry um, scouts away as well in South Korea at the World Jamboree and I was kind of half watching what was going on knowing we'd be talking about it <clears throat> at some stage maybe when I get back and the motto of the Scouts is of course be prepared be olive but at this particular Jamboree in Korea they've been dealing with first a monsoon a flood and then a heat wave and dysentery and no drainage and a complete and total disaster. You're talking groups of 14 to 18 year olds. Uh, scouts from the UK and the US opted to pull out. Uh, the scouts from Ireland stayed on for a while. Some people sort of played it down a little bit. Certainly one or two of the scouting authority people around here were playing it down a little bit. But one man was involved in doing his absolute best 
to get people organised. He was a senior scout out there. Um, Brendan um, and his mum, Brendan Thompson, and his mum, Olga, joins me. Uh, he's on his way back, I think, Olga, is he? Or where is he right now? Because you've not heard from him in a little while. Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. No, we're in contact with him every day. Oh, good. I spoke to him this morning. Um, so he's having a great time. As I said, he's a very positive young man. So um, basically, he's a member of the 35th Kilmore Scout Group in Wexford. And he's a venture scout. So he was at the World Scout Jamboree in America four years ago. He was 14 and he was adamant he wanted to go back this year um, as a helper. <clears throat> so he applied and he's part of what we call the IST team, which is the International Service Team. And they headed away um, Friday week ago, about the 29th, 28th, 29th of July, ahead of the younger scouts coming out to assist in setting up the camp at the San Man Guam site in mm. South Korea. Huge adventure, so, massive adventure for an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, yeah. My God! I think there was about. I think yeah. I think I think there was about fifty-three of them. I'm not quite sure how many of them there was. So it was a group um, that went together of ISD. So the management team would have went out beforehand and set the site up for the IST coming out. So they're very very ages from eighteen up to I don't know. 50, 60, whatever. Um, so he went out when he applied to be uh, a part of the subcamp. So the subcamp is actually where the scouts that come out, uh, the 14 to 18 year olds, set up their camp for the two weeks. So he will be there helping with a subcamp chief, helping to coordinate whatever needs to be done. Like, you know, they, they just do the jobs as they're yeah, asked. Yeah. So the after traveling 24 hours, um, I think on the Sunday then they were up doing the work setting up camps. Um, now this um, camp is a purpose-built camp that is allegedly supposed to be set up for a World Scout Jamboree. But as far as we know, it was it's made from reclaimed land, which sort of was um, rice paddies. Right. So, oh God. So wet and, there's, wet there's and damp not like shade. wet and damp. There's no yeah. trees, stuff like that. So uh, the first day when they did all the work setting up the tents, they were putting them up on sort of pallets and stuff. They came back to their own little home sub camp and um, it's monsoon season over there at the moment and their own tents were after being hit with severe flooding. So they had a bit of a tough night. So they moved on from that. Um, so after you have these tropical storms, um, apparently you get heat waves. So the kids arrived out then in the, over the next couple of days and there's over 43,000 um, um, people taking part in this jamboree that are on site so um, they have to cook for themselves uh, breakfast, lunch and dinner but the IST team don't because they're working all the time they have canteen style um, food served and so they were fine but um you know, the conditions were very, very hot. Um, the Irish team were very good. They did what they were told. Mm. They put their hats on, put their arm shades on, drank the water. I suppose what we heard in the media was a lot of negativity. Um, you know, 
children collapsing, getting into medical yeah. trials, the whole well, lot. Well, certainly what I was picking up, Olga, while I was away and only picking up on bits and pieces that you'd catch, do you know, was that it was a disaster with teenagers collapsing and getting dysentery and getting sunburn and all these kind of things. Was it as bad as it sounded? Um... Possibly, but I, I can only talk about my son and Ross. You know, I, that's sure. the first hand that I have. Like, as parents, um, Emma's my husband um, and myself, we've every faith in all the scout leaders that, that are with the Irish contingent. Um, it's a, as far as the participants and the younger guys that are, are and girls that are over there, it's a big adventure and they'll have men, memories to last um a, a lifetime like it, it this this is a good news story and sure. um, it should be a positive news story because in many ways um the scouts through their training and the skills that they learn they overcome challenges that are put out in front of them mm-hmm. and they still they're still able to have a great time so like yesterday they were evacuated so basically the korean government or the korean heads of scouts have um dismantled the jamboree and have told everybody to evacuate the the fields. So, okay. like, this is the huge logistical nightmare for people because, and the reason being is because there is a typhoon that's mapped to hit the, the, the south-east. Oh, holy moly. Site on between tonight and tomorrow. So, for the sake, like, they're just intense. So, for their safety... They've been asked to move, like the 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 IST team. They they worked. They you know they worked above and beyond. They had to dig trenches to relieve water, um, mm-hmm. in the field. Like this field is about um eight square kilometers wide. So like nearly as big as Phoenix Park in Dublin. Um, so it's quite a huge yeah. site. And you know yourself in Portaloos. You know Portaloos are like in Ireland after a festival after a couple of days. You can only imagine what they'd be like in. A tropical country. Oh in God, the I, don't, I don't think I want to imagine. Yeah, no, I don't either. No, I don't not either. But like they're fine. They were evacuated out yesterday, and they've been brought. Um, the Irish team. Um, there's nobody left on site now. They've been brought to a university, Wuxu, um, University, and I believe it, it, it's beautiful. And this is the Korean government has set them up. They brought okay. buses, although they had to wait to be brought. Um, but like we're very proud of the Irish for the outstanding work they've done over there at the Jamboree site. And they were working in very, very tough conditions. And, you know, the younger people, they're keeping their morale up. They're being positive. They wanted to get out in the media that this is a positive experience. <laughs> it's it, it, it's not that, like, weather is weather. You know, you, you know they were hit with it. They have, to, as you said, be all of, be prepared. The yeah. scouts are always prepared. And, um, you know, they might not have been prepared to the extremes that they were um, hit with, but they took on the challenges. And us as parents, we are so, so proud of Brendan and his team ah, over there, what re- they have achieved. Reading about him and his team and what they've been doing, um, yes. just, they're brilliant. They're, they really are great. The ones that they're looking after the, the younger, the younger ones. Um, you're in touch with him every day. Uh, and like you said, morning. very good. Yeah, they, very were brought, good. They, were, they were brought out this morning from the university to a fabulous indoor museum. So obviously in the museum, they have air conditioning. I believe the food in the university when they arrived yesterday was uh, very good. Although it's still Korean food, 
He said it was very good, very tasteful. And he said the rooms that they're in are gorgeous. He said, Mom, I have a bed. Like two beds <laughs> to a room. They're like in um, the residence hall. All right. Um, well, to be, to be fair now, this, Olga, this is putting a whole different perspective on it for me listening to you because, as I said, what I was picking up mostly from tabloids and bits here and bits there was that it was A, a disaster because of the weather and B, that the Koreans weren't doing a whole pile about it. But what you're telling me very clearly now is the Koreans actually have uh, put well, their, push up their sleeves and helped the best they can, yeah? Yeah, they've stepped up in the last few days. I don't think things are in place at the start. Like, um, they could have done more at the start. And, you know, it's hard. Like, they put extra medics in. They put nurses in. They got 110 coaches brought in with air conditioning units. Uh, The problem was the intense heat. Yes. And the the scouts themselves built shelters um, for shade over their tents. They tried to work with what they had. But although the Korean have thrown billions of um, amount of money at it now in the last few days and have ensured that Jamboree is on the go, Jamboree is on the move. This Good. is what you do. Be all of, be prepared. And they seem to be um, setting up like they're still having their closing ceremony in um, the K-pop Stadium, which I believe is a fantastic um, 65,000-seater football stadium. So they, they're moving um, the closing um, ceremony to this K-pop stadium. Brilliant. So, like, you know... You know they're, they're trying to retrieve something good out of Absolutely that brilliant. Like, when, when will they be home, Olga? So I think they're home next week and I think the closing ceremony is Friday. It'll take them 24 hours to come home on the Saturday. I think the IST team have a bit safer. So the scouts, when they go out, they're, they're three days um, in Seoul beforehand to acclimatise to the weather and the time. They're eight hours ahead. But the IST service team stay three or four days at the end of the Jamboree to see the sights around Seoul. So they're not. They're about an hour from Seoul. Right. Um, so they'll have a great time when they wave off the scouts and. And a bit I, bet, I bet she's really looking forward to to that part. You know, Seoul is one of these cities you only ever hear about. Are they getting a taste for for the old K-pop? It, it's 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 big. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah, it's very very big. Like it, like remember thirty like media and phones and WhatsApp and Facebook and Instagram. Now we didn't have them thirty years ago. 30 years ago when there were scout jamborees, things might have happened, but parents only heard about it when the kids came home. Yes. And the kids would be saying, it was a great adventure. Oh, this happened, that happened. The bad stuff, the memory fades. They're, they're meeting friends, they're swapping their lanyards and their patches and they're having a great time. Um, like, they can't do any more. And they wanted, well, Brendan and his team wanted out there as a positive um, good. story about scouting to get the scouts is open to everybody and they learn fantastic skills. They learn first aid. There's scout groups in every county and it's available from, I think, six-year-olds up to mm. Oh, adults. I, I did a little bit of it myself, Olga, when I was a very small boy. Oh, so I was a member of the 17th Cork in, in Black Rock. Oh, up to 17. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, Dib, Dib, Dib and all that. Listen, uh, send him our best wishes and enjoy the rest of it. Because it sounds to me Thanks like the so hard work is over and now they can enjoy what's happening f- for the rest of thank it. Thank you, PJ. All right, take care. And oh, you're doing a great oh, job for him. You're doing a great, you're great. And you oh, know, sending you. I, I send your 18-year-old off on a plane to the other side of the world into effectively the great unknown. I'd say it a few worrying hours, had you? 
Um, a few, but I have to say, um, the support that we've got, the phone calls, the messages, um, like you know, it costs them an awful lot of money. Each participant of the Irish team paid three and a half thousand euros out of their own pockets to go on this adventure, mm-hmm. and like, um, they've worked hard. Brendan took on a part-time job over the last two years. Good Never asked us for a penny. Good for saved him. Saved hard. So, like, you know, they, they, it's ongoing for them to get the word out about Jamboree. And in four years' time, they're going to Poland for the World Scout Jamboree, which is a lot closer. And I believe Brendan has, and some of his friends have already signed up for it already. So, like, that's positive from the ground. That's brilliant. That they that's want just to more. absolutely fantastic, Olga. And, hey. you know, it's, it's, it's credit to you as well uh, for, for raising a fine, a fine young man who goes off to the other side of the world without a bother on him and represents his country with, with pride. Uh, thank you, Olga Thompson. Uh, mom of Brendan Thompson, one of the leaders, one of the ICT International Service team. There are youngsters uh, from Cork out there, if any of the parents or any of them, any of them listening to us, or if any of them want to send us a WhatsApp voice message from out there and tell us what it's been like, 083 396 sounded like a total and utter disaster from the reading I was getting over the last few days and last week, sounded like a total and utter chaos. It wasn't. It was a challenging situation, and the scouts did what the scouts were trained to do. They were ready, they were prepared, and they got it sorted for themselves. And the Koreans, to be fair to them, although it started fairly... Well, they, they, they got what they could... They loved the idea of bringing in the buses with the air conditioning um, and just bring the kids in, maybe 40, 50, or so just cool them down inside the air-conditioned buses. Speaking of K-pop, there are two buskers, I'm told, outside the Savoy on Saturdays, two girls doing K-pop. It's got a huge, huge following. There's loads of it on on YouTube. K-pop DJs now especially specialising in the whole thing. By the way, did you see that? You, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. There's this guy, um, the World Youth Day, the Pope's World Youth Day, Uh, Pope Francis had a World Youth Day, an enormous event in Portugal, Uh, an open-air mass at dawn. There was a million young people at this mass. The star of the mass wasn't the Pope. No one's talking about what the Pope said. No one's talking about the gospel. No one's talking about the homily. No one's talking about nothing like that. They're talking about... They're talking about the DJ, Father Padre Guilherme Pisoto, Father Gilherme Pesoto, Padre, the Padre on the jo- on the decks. Um, he apparently was quite, quite brilliant, which doesn't surprise me. Uh, Fergal was asking me this morning how to see this. Uh, it doesn't surprise me because I can go back to, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm showing my age. I can go back to the late 70s, maybe? Definitely early 80s. Would be, yeah, probably early 80s. Uh, we'd have been in um, Ballyhaig on holidays. In the summertime. Yeah, it would have been the early 80s. It was around the 82, 83, around the time that Boris Becker and... Um, what's his name? John McEnroe and Bjorn Borg were the big stars of tennis. And I say that because we used to watch it when it was on in, in, in Wimbledon down there. But there was a, there was a disco in Ballyhide Community Hall on a Friday and a Saturday night. And we used to pack in there. And the DJ was a lunatic, an absolute lunatic. 
and he was a priest. And he was one of the best live DJ I ever saw in my life. 0818969696. Thank you, Mick. It's nice to be back. Hope you enjoyed the holiday. I did, Mick. I did. In fact, it is only, let me tell you now. Where to put this? It's only 346 days until my next summer holiday. But yes, it's, it is nice to be back. I was thinking of this, Dennis, but then the whole thing about being a scout is being prepared. Dennis said you'd have to wonder about organizing a scout holiday in a place where you get the four seasons in one day, June to September in that part of the world is very hot, very wet and very muggy. Why would you organise a jamboree there? Because they like the challenge, I suppose, of setting up a campsite. I don't know. Thanks, Dennis. 0818 96 96 96. Now, I come back to prices after we discussed it yesterday. Gareth was talking to Damien Lane yesterday about prices. I'll come back to that later on. But it does seem as if the price of going out for a bite or going for a pint is going to go up yet again after the end of the month because this famous 9% VAT rate is a goner on August 31st. And the VAT is going to go back up to 13.5%. And a couple of people have been speaking out about it in Cork. Ernest Kentlin, uh, down at Sober Lane and Electric, says he's very worried about the potential increase. They brought in a fabulous, fabulous new menu at Electric during the summer. He's concerned that people will go out less often. Uh, with minimum wage going up and that going up, it means it'll just cost people more to go out and people will either not go out at all or they'll come out and go home very, very quickly, uh, and there's a, differ- a difficulty if the VAT rate goes back up. And pubs that do food, all of their food prices, so the price of a, a bite of lunch and a pint on a Friday. Um, just before we went away, I took my boy for lunch in the South County, and I mentioned them because they're good people and we're regulars and we know we know them, them there and they're, they're good to him and their food is super. Um, and we had... Um, what did we have? We had fish and chips for the two of us, and 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 a drink, and came to came to the low thirties. I think it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad, um, but it's all going to have to go up again at the end of the month if this VAT rate goes back to thirteen point five percent. Michael Donovan um, from the VFI uh, joins me. Michael, you've been asking for this to be retained. The government's response is. It's a COVID emergency measure. The COVID emergency is behind us now, so it's back to normal. And that's it. And that's the end of it. Morning. Good morning, PJ. Yes, uh, look, last February, there was a six-month extension um, for the 9% VAT rate. Um, and uh, since then, we've been, I suppose, in talks with the government because, you know, across Europe, 9% puts us in the... The, the median of most countries across Europe, so it makes us competitive. Well, I'm, just, to, I'm just back from Lanzarote with 7%. Seven, seven yeah. um, you know. like, like Spain is one of the lower ones, but 9% puts us in the middle ground of most European, you know, of, of where Europe lies, uh, which makes us competitive, you know, it makes us 
I suppose gives us a fighting opportunity going to 13.5% where you know we're the second highest uh, uh, in the food um, side of the VAT rate so it's uh, it's going to be a challenge attracting tourists you know because when they look at things for next summer um, they may look at Ireland as an expensive destination so that's why we've been calling on the government to retain the 9% VAT rate but unfortunately um, they're saying that it costs uh, five, you know, half a billion euros uh, to keep this that's what the loss for the exchequer is so they're looking to recoup that money and they're, um, it's legislated for since February that on September 1 this returns uh, the vast on food thirteen and a half percent. So um, it's 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 looking unlikely at this stage. So I don't know if you read the same papers as I did, Michael. But with regard to that half billion, I, there's money flying in from all angles. The government's in surplus. Half billion, half billion's a cakewalk to save your industry. Yeah, we've been saying that to them, um, but they're saying there's demands, and while they're running at a cash surplus at, at present, that might not be the scenario in, in, in future years, so I suppose they're trying to um, uh, future-proof that, but that's not good to our industry because, you know, food is a very... Um, high intensive uh, product to make you know you've labor costs rent rates like everything else but the the margins on food is is very small so you need volume on food to yeah. to, to make it profitable and um and I, and having another four and a half percent fat uh, going on top of the food is going to you know be very difficult for lots of places that are yeah. barely surviving at the, at present yeah because i was thinking that i mean if you have if you've 10 people coming in at night, or 20 people coming in at night to eat, and they're paying that at 13.5%. You might have 30 in if they were paying that at 9%. Yeah, because look, it's inevitable, PJ, that uh, next month we are going to see increases in uh, in the food products. Um, alcohol isn't affected, I must say that, because alcohol is already at a higher tax rate of 23%, so it's only food that this will affect uh, for us in the pub trade. Um, so the like as you said, it's 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 going to affect prices from next month on. Michael, the pint can't get any dearer, mate. It can't. Like we're no, not we're not far short of the seven euro pint. Yeah, we're we're not, and like you know, like you know, well over a third of what what uh, what goes over the counter already goes to the government between VAT and excise on on a on a pint. So, you know, in our budget submission that we've given to the government, we're asking them to reduce the excise. Um, on the point because that's something that's very much in their control because we're the second highest in Europe with excise duty mm-hmm. um, and you know if they if they want to help uh, all publicans um, that that's a way that it can be done and passed on to the consumer yeah. uh, to try and bring back some of the the, the cost of a point but um, I'm, look we're, we're, we're hopeful but I, I wouldn't say we're confident on no, it, I we're, would, we're I would, and I wouldn't blame you I wouldn't blame you you know I've, I've had an opportunity over the last couple of weeks to talk to some people in the industry uh, over yonder and first of all we busted a few myths which which I'll come to another time maybe but you guys are really knackered as well by the, the reduction in tourism I mean you've got what is it thousands now of hotel rooms that are out of out of commission because they're being used for emergency accommodation and fine the, the hotel itself gets handsomely paid for keeping people in but they're not spending money in the pubs they're not spending money in the restaurants so your your market's been cut 
Yeah, that has been a challenge. Now, I suppose I must say here in Cork City, we're very lucky that the hotels are still, um, you know, they're, they're still fully functional hotels, yeah. if you want to say that. So we're very lucky in Cork City. And uh, this summer we've seen um, a huge number of continental Europeans coming here with the connectivity out of Cork Airport. Yeah. L- last night, I must say, I people in the bar from Seville. Um, and that was due to the flights to, to Seville and back. So, yeah. you know, con- connectivity is great for getting them into Cork and I suppose keeping them here in Cork City. Um, but there are parts of the country, even here in, in, in Cork, there's parts of Cork, y'all, all the hotels in y'all are, 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 are you know, yeah. taken for... Was, look, was it Clancy's in y'all um, have said they might as well not bother opening? Yeah, there's been... What, it, and and that's been, a fabulous place. Like, okay, yeah. okay, the weather's been crap, which doesn't help them, the way they're laid out. But that's a fabulous place. Yeah, there, there's parts of Cork that have, you know, seen challenges to that. And as you said, if, if the hotel is full of um, housing people from Ukraine, which they, I suppose, need to come here to get, escape a war. But for business, it's not, um, it's not helping the business, as you said, because the people aren't out spending at night time that would be normally in the hotels on holidays enjoying themselves. So it's, there is knock-on effects for the wider economy, and it's a, it's a, huge, uh, it's a huge issue for many at the moment. And this is why we think this time doing the 9% VAT rate increase back up to 13.5% with the challenges that are faced by the industry, this is probably not the right time to do it. But unfortunately, the government are, are pressing ahead with doing it. They seem determined. They seem absolutely determined. They've, made the, the, they've, they've, they've just said, no, it, it's, it's not happening, and that's that. Yeah, and unfortunately... The only way the legislation can be changed at this late stage is to recall the doll, and unfortunately the doll isn't coming what? back until the could second or third. By, could it not be done by statutory instrument? No, unfortunately not the only way, because it was legislated through the doll, so the only way that it can be changed is a full sitting of the doll to take a vote, and um, unfortunately the doll isn't due to come back until mid-September, at which time the rate will already have changed, so um, that's why we're we're really disappointed that uh, that you know it seems now that it's a, a fait accompli that this is going to change on the first of September well, well, and have re- real implications. Well, you have you have my sympathies, certainly, Michael, because just talking to Queen Bee, just as we were travelling and whatever, you know, we're two people who are lucky enough to say we've both got a decent wage, and and but we, but the the amount of time that we go out to to eat uh, and have a, a few drinks and bring our boy with us and maybe meet friends, that's gone down. That's gone down because it's just not. It's it's expensive. Yeah, and that's that's replicated, you know, many many times, and that's the big problem. You know, disposable income for people with the cost of living crisis has uh, has really reduced, and the knock on effect is, you know, going out is seen as a luxury, and when you're under pressure, luxuries unfortunately are something that you cut back on. And just as you alluded to there, that's 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 what's happening a lot, and that's having a huge impact on the industry. Okay, Michael, thank you. I wish you well and we'll talk again. Michael Donovan uh, of the VFI, his chair of Cork City and County Vintners Federation of Ireland. And there are times when I come down hard on publicans and I accuse them of this and accuse them of that, rightly or wrongly, but they're getting screwed here. Utterly screwed by this VAT rate. At 9% due to end August 31st, back up to 13.5%. That's a 50% increase in VAT. 50% increase in VAT. And you can't not pass that on. That's the thing. Your business won't last 10 seconds if you don't pass that on. Now, on the other hand, <laughs> there is messing going on.
there is messing going on. Damien Lane wrote a great piece about it in The Sun over the last few days, and Gareth was talking about that yesterday. And I want to follow him up on it next. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Coach 96FM. Now, D, we're not going to say where this was. I know the place well, and, and my missus is a fan. But it ain't cheap, and certainly it wasn't cheap on this occasion. And you're kind of and with with the prices going back up at the end of the month, uh, that bill is just going to get higher. But you believe we are being yeah. overcharged, right, left, and centre? One hundred percent. Good morning, PJ. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> um, I was horrified. I mean, I sent a picture as well. Yes. I did have the food. I didn't. I have yeah, two I, slices well, well, of toast. I have the two uh, poached eggs. Right. Hash brown and black pudding, fifteen fifty each. I mean seriously, hers was fifteen, mine was fifteen fifty because we two different things. And then her coffee because she asked for oat milk, it was four twenty five. I saw that. So she had a latte, which was three seventy five, which is expensive in itself. And they asked, she asked for a sup of oat milk out of a carton that costs probably in a cash and carry might cost. What one fifty? Yeah, 50 oh, cents. and the charge of fifty cents—that's like ninety cents for the dollar for cream we had during the summer. Yeah, yeah. She asked for um, um, extra hollandaise sauce. I told her not to because I wouldn't use mine, and she said, "No, no, I like loads of it." One twenty-five for the, for the, for the eggs, Benny. For a little a little pot of hollandaise sauce for what one twenty-five? Seriously, I came out. Yeah, extra. Uh, even if it was made. Not out of a packet. Seriously. No, that's ridiculous. So you you had two yeah. bits of breakfast. Two breakfasts and two, two coffees. coffees. 30, 39 No, that's I nearly that's, had that's a heart attack. Well, I tell you now, I I've was, never... Yeah. The cheapest... Sorry, no, admitted, I've never uh, left a... Oh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, sorry. No, I said I never left a restaurant without leaving a tip. But by God, I did not leave one yesterday. No. No, no, that's... That's, that's, that's mad. That's... Oh, Oh, absolutely ridiculous. Breakfast, I expected to have a lunch, maybe. Yeah. I was somewhere else on Saturday. We had a gorgeous lunch, a few drinks, well, a good few drinks, <laughs> and 62 euro. I mean, hello. Yeah, lunch, <laughs> lunch and a few drinks for 60 quid, is that's that's doable. Yeah. But, but breakfast and two yeah. coffees for 40 quid. And 40. The, bit, the, the bit that jumps out here to me, and I had someone on earlier in the summer, and I see he was spouting again last week, justifying ninety cents for a scoop of cream. But you've got yeah, a drop, a drop of oat milk, which no doubt came out of a carton, which no doubt came out of yeah. a case, which no doubt came yeah. out of a cash and carry. The cash and a dollop carry, of yeah. oat milk, fifty fifty cents. cents for a sup of oat milk, and a, and a, a bit of extra little, sauce. Oh, one twenty-five. Yeah, one twenty-five. Isn't that utterly ridiculous? That's, that's bonkers. That's bonkers. I was so. Oh, I paid it, but I said, as I said, I didn't. First time ever, I'd say I never left a tip. Well, you see, <laughs> you you do pay it because it comes down on the bill, and you look at it, go ah, for a come here a second now, you know. I mean, and you, and you just you just pay it. But Damien was saying in his article yesterday, maybe it's time we said no. Sorry, we're not paying that. No, but I didn't. You see, we went up to the counter and I handed him fifty euro. Yeah. And I just took the change and the receipt and shoved them in my bag. And it was afterwards I looked at it. 
Yeah, of course. And I thought, what? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. I'll be going back to my usual place. <laughs> At the kitchen table? <laughs> no, no. It's so cozy. <laughs> Do you know what? One of my favourite places, I have to say. And, and not, not because I'm Absolutely. a Douglas man, but because, the, 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 yeah. Listen. All right. The food and the staff are amazing. <laughs> thanks for not mentioning the name of that place, but that's, that is yeah. ridiculous. Dee, thank you very much for that. 0818 96 96 96. So this is a, a popular place. Uh, my missus goes there and says it's gorgeous. Uh, I haven't been there almost since it opened. But you get a latte, right? Now, the latte itself is three seventy-five. dollars give, give them that. Give them that. Look, it's expensive, but give them that. A drop of oat milk to put into your latte, right? 50 cents. And a little bit of extra hollandaise sauce, presumably for the eggs, Benny, right? One twenty-five for a little scooping of hollandaise sauce. I mean, no, there's no, there's no justification. You can't justify that. You can't justify that. I mean, they make that sauce. They make that sauce by the bucketful. Some, I don't know whether they make it or buy it, but depending on the place. But if they're buying it, they're buying it in a bucket, like you'd buy paint for the ceiling. And the oat milk is probably coming out of a carton, which probably came out of a case, which probably came out of a cash and carry. Like, give us a break here. 0818 96 96 96. Kevin says, talk about things going up. Petrol? Oh, I noticed that this morning. Kev coming in. Petrol by me is up back up to 175. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sean says, correct PJ, the government, the exchequer is overflowing with funds. Less and less people, though, going out to socialise. Government's blinkered. They don't care if and when the rainy day comes. The exchequer will meet industries, will need industries like tourism. This government operates on pure greed. Squeeze every cent out of the public, put token gestures back in. Well-known bar on the north side of the city charging two euro for a dash of TK in your vodka. You can imagine how many dashes they get out of a bottle. TK lemonade, you mean? Like as in red and white, two euro for the dash. 0818-969696. Also, someone pointing out here that there are a lot of increases are coming during the Dáil recess. My petrol jumped from 161 to 170 per litre. Now, we were warned about that because it was coming because of the uh, the green tax. Uh, now you have the food vat going up for a bit of grub. I think they were a bit underhand about this. 0818 9696 96 96 Join the conversation Call us now 0818 9696 96 96 This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan Call us 96 Lovely lads. 0818-969696. Another story over the bank holiday weekend. A lot of praise for two young lads um, who helped a lady in distress on, her, on a major road. Margaret got a burst tyre. Uh, she had three young kids in the car. It's tough enough to change tyre at the best of times. But trying to keep three young kids from wrecking the place... 
and and doing all what three young kids will do that that can't have been um, that can't have been fun at all. But two youngsters who she called her knights in shining armor pulled over and took the time out of their day to see if they could lend a helping hand. They helped her change the tire while she sorted out the smallies. And the rest is history. She then went on to the uh, Balancholic Community Hub to see who these people are. Turns out, really, that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Sean O'Sullivan of SOS 24-Hour Recovery. There we go, boys. Morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? Good. You've raised them well, sir. Well, myself and my wife, I suppose, and my eldest daughter as well would have handled it. <laughs> John, and, John and Callum. Dan and Callum, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did they so, talk to you about so, it afterwards? Yeah, they actually they actually rang me and said because they were on the way to do a, a jump start in Wilton. Okay. And they rang me to say that they had been delayed because they had stopped to assist this lady. Oh, I see. Oh, they, they so, were working for you? Oh, very good. Yeah, they, they, we've a family-run business, a recovery company. I see, I see. Um, and uh, John is 19 there. He he does uh, drive you the smaller trucks there and vans and that. Mm-hmm. And Callum is a is a good helper with him and with myself as well from time to time. Yeah. So they would know they, they, they were actually, they were going the, the opposite way and the motorway when they spotted it. Yes, and they went up over the flyover and came back down yes. and uh, went to, to Margaret's assistance. And look, it, we, we would have, we, it's something that any one of the staff members here would do. We'd like, if you see someone in a dangerous position, and especially on the Southern Road, like or the N25, any of the major roads, you just have to. You have to take time out if it's a simple fix to get him in off the road. Yeah, you know it just it just helps. Like so, yeah. No, the lads, the lads did it. Like like there there was an incident in twenty five the other day where someone was in the hard shoulder and there was a major accident. So you know the less people time people spend on the side of motorways, sure. the better. Sure. Here's something you now, know? now that I have you, Sean. Recovery burst tires, the whole thing. Is it a Bit of a pain in the ass the way so many of the new cars now don't have a spare tire, and you discover it the first time you have a flat. Absolutely, absolutely. Like you go in there and you you spend forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand on a car, and when you get a puncture, you ring your breakdown assist, and the first thing we'll ask is, "Have you got a spare wheel?" And then they realise they don't. Yes. Now, uh, there's certain tire shops opened uh, throughout the weekend, but at night it's it's difficult. Yeah. Um, it's difficult. There is a few mobile tire companies out there that we would we would work with, and usually we can get people back on the road. But like from time to time, if there's a, 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 a size of tire that isn't available, yeah, like you're without your car. And come here. Does anybody know what Brain Box decided to start doing this, or or why, Sean? I think I, I remember we bought a Skoda Superb back in fifteen, right? And there was no spare no we had one in twelve, there was no spare tire in it. Mm. And the tax was cheaper in that car. And we went to fifteen, we bought another one and the tax was dearer in that car because there was a spare wheel in it. Go way out of that. So it's something to do with eco that you're not oh, carrying the weight around. Isn't it ever? Isn't it ever? It yeah. always. Yeah. No. I think I think I stand to be corrected on that. Because there but, is a space. I changed my car in February and 
when I went to exchange the old one for the new one, I opened up the boot to see was there a spare tire in it, and I actually took the spare tire out of the old one and said, I'm yeah. taking that, because the space is yeah. there. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, the space is there. Like, like look, it's it's a, it's really an essential part of motoring because, like, like that, you you can go out and she like the lads had that lady gone in, I suppose, ten minutes, you know, from say pulled up, and uh, like Callum would have been watching the traffic while John changed it on the outside, and mm-hmm. they had a van in a friend off position behind them, Excellent. so like. Yeah. They, they walk together like and they would always be like if you're ever even down around Man Point you'll see Callum in his, his workwear he, he always wears his reflectives Excellent. just in case we get a job great great you <laughs> you know, know? They're, they're like scouts they're, they're all of they're prepared yeah yeah, yeah well, always and if we're going anywhere even on a Sunday like he'll bring his his workwear with him just in case Dad gets a call to go somewhere Good man. fair you alright listen yeah. well, well cert- certainly Margaret is eternally grateful to the two lads Sean O'Sullivan thank you very much Sean O'Sullivan of SOS Recovery there's two boys John and Callum uh, helped Margaret out no that's just a th- it's just a little thing with me the, the idea that a new car comes and there's no flipping tyre in it and you discover it when you have a problem um I it happened to us earlier in the summer thankfully we were able to get it sorted out with the the call to the assistance and whatever and your mum was able to patch the tyre and we were able to get home but what happens if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you have no mobile coverage and all that come here good morning to South Korea there's a bunch of Irish scouts on a bus have plugged the 96 FM app into the sound system and they are in Eshtugd Lishen Glor The minds are live Join the conversation Call 0818 96 96 96 Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96 Email opinion at 96fm.ie This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan Call 96FM yeah, still your comments coming in about the cost of living and not living the life of lap of luxury. Hall. Just just living, just going out for a bite of breakfast and a, and a coffee with a friend. John Walsh says the when the VAT came down, the restaurants, pubs and hotels didn't pass it on. Um, by the way, where's all the good weather you were on before you went away? Name these places who are overcharging. Problem with that, John, is you can't name them. Uh, the whole naming and shaming culture. Um, I have in front of me the place that Dee had her breakfast at. I know it well, um, but I can't shame anybody because it's not breaking any law. The only person I end up shaming is myself. Well, thank you, John. Uh, PJ says, Anne, the USC was supposed to be a temporary measure, but they never reversed it. Oh, don't get started on that. They could keep lower VAT rate if they wanted to, but they just crucify everybody, no matter what business or job you have, says Anne. Yeah, that I think that I have to say they have to get that VAT rate back down. They have to keep that VAT rate down. They won't because they, they see it as, as money coming in, but people won't go out. PJ, welcome back. Eating in Duns. Thank you, Anne. Eating and eating and duns in Bishop sounds a pleasure. Breakfast, lunch, cheapest chips. Staff are lovely. Let's celebrate an Irish company that's getting it right. And I don't work for duns. Thanks, Dan. I know the place you're talking about. I know the place you're talking about. It's a lovely place. And it is, relatively speaking, by Irish standards anyway, it is cheapest chips. And very good. And very well turned out. 
Thank you for that. 0818 96 96 96. I mentioned the Scouts before 10 listening in the bus in Korea. And uh, enjoy your adventure, guys. I, I wish I was... 16 again and able to go out there and I wouldn't mind the floods and I wouldn't mind the monsoons and I wouldn't mind the heat waves just to be in such an exciting place so good to hear from you someone else as well to mention before I go to talk about it, a rather sad message we got the other day a rather upsetting message we got the other day uh, good morning to my good friend Julian Julian Fair who's been on to us regularly here from Lanzarote over the last couple of years he's living there now for the past six years um, 15-year-old daughter Ruby's going to school out there and he's set himself up nicely. And he is, first of all, well, congratulations on your 50th, my friend, which happened while I was out there. And um, it's good to see he's recovering from about a bad health. But Julian has a fantastic... We had we met a couple of times while I was there. We'd lunch and a pint. And he was talking about a fantastic idea that he has for people going to Lanzarote from Cork to be kind of your man there who will guide you in the right direction of where to get a taxi where to go and get the best event to put together something for you maybe help along with your holiday Julian's got a lot of ideas and we talked about them while we were out there and I look forward to talking to him again about it with the huge number of flights now going out of Ireland to to, to Lanza so Julian I'll talk to you again soon my friend We'll have another pint in the sun before too many days have passed. 0818 96 96 96. Now, being left out is no fun uh, of any in, at any age of your life. Being deliberately left out and know you're being deliberately left out. It's it's hard for an adult to take. But even harder when you're when you're a youngster. My ten year old daughter arrived home in tears today because she discovered there's a WhatsApp group that the squad are all in. It's a WhatsApp group, but she asks, can she join? Just They just make excuses or they turn away from her. She's paranoid now that they're talking about her in the group. And she has this massive sense of FOMO. And she feels like she's a second-class friend to the rest of them. It happened before when she was around seven. She was often not included in games. She worked her way through that by chatting to people through lunch, helping with homework, getting to know people in the class to other activities. How can I help her now? Why has this all suddenly started again? Exclusion is a terrible thing. Uh, Speaking as someone who was somewhat excluded at times in school because I had no interest in sport, I wore glasses, I couldn't play, couldn't do anything like that. And I did at times feel excluded. Um, Some of the other teachers meant to try help me with that, which was great. But Eileen Keane of Jumpstart Your Confidence Dot com. Welcome. Um, you, you've heard that 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 the details of that of that call. It's it's upsetting. Good morning. Hi, PJ. How are you? It's horrendous, and it's actually a huge problem. I and the kids I work with. This is one of the biggest problems, especially between I think kind of fourth class right through, you know, third up to third year, fourth year. It can go on and on. But look, they're the main years. But it's horrendous, and it can have a huge impact on the child's self belief and confidence. Yeah. Uh, and the, the the sad thing is, I suppose, there isn't a whole lot any parent can do with regards to how other children behave. Yeah, You know, you can't make children behave differently. Very often, I think in my experience, a lot of this very often stems from maybe one or two in the group. And the rest of them are afraid to stick up, stand up to them. Yeah. Um, if, as a parent, and I've gone through this myself, um, I think look at the look at the kids 
that you're talking about here and see if you feel any of these kids are different, you know, are a bit more decent or a bit more kind and maybe try and organise a few play dates separately with those kids to try and build up a relationship. Like, are, are we talking about a school? Like, the, it's summer holidays now, so is she talking about in school or out of school? Well, or the just group seems to be known as the squad. One assumes they're school friends. Yeah, yeah they most likely are. Um, you know, sometimes around fourth, fifth, the friendship things can break up. That's just part of the process. It can be awful, but it does happen regularly. Um, I suppose, again, you know, look at the kids, try and get them for play dates, see how they treat her when you're kind of quietly watching from the sidelines. Um, kids can behave very differently in front of a parent. So just because someone is sweet and nice in front of you doesn't mean that's the way they're treating their kids. Just because somebody is a friend's daughter or son doesn't mean they're going to be the right friends for your kids. So I think the play dates are hugely important to actually see how these kids interact mm. On their own, you know, without now you're quietly watching. But um, and then the other side of it, and I'd always say to parents, you know, try and build your kid up yourself because you can't control these other kids. But maybe you can give them a sense of value and a sense of worth and a sense of capability by, you know, getting them involved. Maybe they might be able to help grandparents out. They might be able to mind younger cousins, neighbours, giving them that sense of belonging, really, because that's what they're missing. The thing is, Eileen... and you know this better than me, a hundred nice adults being good to you, it's not worth Mm. the same as two of your peers. Do you know? They look at us as old people. And and to be honest, no, but but honestly, for these kids to actually feel capable, you'd be surprised if they feel needed by somebody and they feel that their value is worth something. Um, that does impact on them. Now, if I if I was suggesting to a parent to get someone outside to give these kids a little job or to ask them to help them out with something, that shouldn't come from the parent. That should come from the other adult. So it's not like, oh, why are you getting them to do this for me? There's nothing wrong with me. You know, it's like the, the other person honestly looking for a bit of help, even yeah. if they're making it up. Um, but also, I think trying to maybe... Pastimes are hugely important here as well. So whatever interest that kid has, that maybe they can focus on the friend groups that she has there Mm. just to give her a little bit of balance against the school thing. I'd love to be able to say you can wave a magic wand and make this go away, but you can't because it is rampant and it's worse than ever. And those group chats are just so damaging. And then the kids, you see, they have also this map what is this on Snapchat I think this oh yeah thing. Snap Maps it's, uh, I, I think like, so that should be yeah. banned yeah. in my opinion not going to happen yeah. I'll come back to I'll come talk. back to those groups in a, in a second Eileen but there's a conversation yeah, yeah. I think that we all sort of need to have with our children at one point or other in their lives and it's this that you need to sit down with them and say you know not everyone is going to like you not everyone is going to want to be your friend and you have to be okay with that but maybe Absolutely. this kid is too young. Uh, no, no, they're never. They're not too young. Um, also, I think to sit down with them and say, "What do you expect from a friend?" Like, what you know, talk about values and talk about people treating you nicely and being honest with you and not lying and not talking about you behind your back. Because some kids, you and nine times out of ten, PJ, this happens. The nice kids, 
You know, yeah. they, and over time, it, it will pass. Just to say to that mum, it will pass. I have four girls. I've been there a thousand times and it's heartbreaking because all you want to see is your child happy. And when they're being excluded and miserable, because all that matters to the kids at that age is their friend group. But mm-hmm. she hopefully she has um, a lot more kids in that classroom. And, you know, if it comes to it, if the mum feels there's one or two kids that she feels the child could connect with, then I'd have no problem with quietly saying to the teacher, could you sit her with them as they yeah. begin in September, just to give her a little boost that she's not thrown in with this lot again, yes. because her confidence will be shattered. And the thing about when I was saying about getting help, you know, making them feel capable elsewhere, that's just trying to build their confidence elsewhere. Okay. They're still going to hurt. You can't get rid yeah. of that. But the friendship groups are going to break and change over the years, no matter what we do. So those conversations are vitally important. And that child, knowing she can come to her mum or dad or whoever and be honest about what's happening. And, you know, she might need a hug. She might need just a bit of time out with the mum to do a few things themselves just to give her that space within her own family and her own unit or her neighbours or whoever they have that they feel you know, can comfort her and that she does feel secure with. These kids are obviously not the right friends for her, so that's not going to change. Yeah, and unless she goes through life, she'll she learn more about that. Just come back I, to the WhatsApp and Snapchat stuff for a second, Eileen. We're we're talking we're we're talking ten year olds here now. I don't want to sound like an old man shouting at the sky, but but what kind of a world have we fallen into that ten year olds have smartphones and WhatsApp groups? Yeah, and Snapchat? That's not going to change. I know it's not. Um, I was listening to something on the radio yesterday, actually, about this and them trying to control them in schools. Like, trying to control them in schools. Why are they in schools? Yeah. Would our kids not be so much better off if they couldn't stick their head in the phone, they had to talk to each other? There might just be a little bit more communication and a little less exclusion. What happens with the groups very often is kids at that age, they're not emotionally capable of understanding. Well, some of them are well able, but let's say a majority of the hurt that they can inflict. In my opinion, there is not even remotely enough education to teach these kids the hurt that they can inflict and how serious it can be. And if I sit in front of a group and I will say to them, do you want to be that child who's going to meet someone 10 years down the road and realise you were the cause of the upset for them for so many years of their lives? Because this can carry through a long, long time. And I think we underestimate massively the impact this can have on a child. But unfortunately, our Department of Education, well, I figure the Department of Education and Health should be working together for obvious reasons of mental health issues. But how that hasn't happened, PJ, is beyond my comprehension. How we don't have people coming into schools regularly, nonstop, educating, you know, even maybe young mid middle teenagers coming into primaries during their TYs, whatever, helping kids to understand this really matters and this really hurts. So to be careful of what they're doing online, if you're not proud of what you're saying or doing online, then don't do it. Yeah. yeah. But they're not hearing it. I've sat in front of so many classes and they're looking at me mouths open because they're not being told. And I'm not saying it's the teachers. They have a, they have a lot going on already. Mm. But we ha- the world has changed. Our kids are now dealing with a complete different world to us as to what most of us had growing up. But there's nothing real in the education system to explain and show them how damaging this is. And when you do tell a few real life stories to a group like that, 
I'm not saying you're going to change every kid, but you do wake up a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of it, you'll have evaluation forms where they're saying, I know I'm part of a group. I'm not happy and I don't like the behavior. I want to get out. And there's a lot of kids like that. And even this group that this lady's talking about could very well be, as I said earlier, one or two instigators. Yeah. And there could be a few nice kids in there who just haven't the strength to stand up against them yet. So I think what you're saying is we can't change the way things have become but we can teach our kids and help our kids to manage it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And like, I understand fully sometimes coming from parents, parents say to me, oh, they just don't listen. Do you know, they do. They might rub it off and they might throw their eyes up to heaven and they might say, oh God, here she goes again. But they do hear you, okay. you know, so don't give up on trying to have those open conversations. And if she, if this little girl has an older cousin or an older sibling, I'm sure they've possibly gone through something similar. I have no problem in saying tell a white lie so that the child doesn't feel she's the only one. Yeah. And let them understand that this is the way the world is. But she has to understand what her values are and what's important to her. And if the people who are surrounding her at the moment aren't behaving in any way like that, then they're not her people. And yes, it could be tough for a little while, but you don't want your child to change, to fit in with people who really aren't for her. Yeah. Sound advice. Eileen, thank you. Eileen Keane, jumpstartyourconfidence.com. 0818969696. Have you been in a situation like this with your youngster? Look, the time has long since passed. That train has left the station of why kids of 10 have smartphones. They have, and there's nothing we can do about it. And it's their world now. They've grown up with the damn things attached to their hands, and we just have to accept that. But we got to help them through the maze that it brings upon them or gets them into. Uh, they, they're dealing with an adult device in a child's hands with a child's brain. We're the adults in the room and we should be teaching them and helping them. 0818969696. Best of luck, if I can, please. Of course I can. Best of luck to Tommy Hyde, boxing in Boston this Friday. Tommy looks to take another step in his professional career looking to advance to six fights undefeated. He's been very impressive so far, more improved and experienced with every fight. Best of luck again, Tommy, all behind you, from everybody at Father Horgan's Club. Join the conversation! Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is The Opinion Live with PJ Gareth was talking yesterday to Helen O'Sullivan of the Farmers Alliance, uh, who was worried that all the negative talk towards farming would mean we'd end up with no farmers and people getting out of farming and all of that. Listen back to that on podcast if you wish. Of course, we podcast many, many items from the show throughout the course of the week, including the full show every day. But as I said, Gareth talked to the Farmers Alliance yesterday. And if you just look at the newspapers across the summer, well, what we've had to pass for a summer here, it's not too bad out there now. The newspapers and the news reportage and all that over the last few months, you'd swear that farming was responsible for all the ills in the world. That it was responsible for the heat waves and responsible for the floods and responsible for the monsoon. You'd swear farming was responsible for all that. So you can see why farmers are getting a bit Pissed off with the way things are going. James, you called after listening to that chat yesterday between Gareth and Helen. Morning. Hi, how are you? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I did. You know, it's like, 
if it's all about the environment, like you've got in Brazil, right, in 2008, they had 202 million head of cattle. In 2022, they had 224 million head of cattle. Mm. And their projected head of cattle for 2030 is in the region of 310 to 325 million head of cattle. Mm. Okay. We've only 70, we've only 7.4 million head of cattle. Mm-hmm. All right. They, as part to, to actually accommodate all, all this cattle, they're clearing the rainforest in Brazil. And in like, they've lost um, 40% of their public land in, uh, in, in 2013 to 2020. And they've increased the deforestation of the rainforest by 78% um, from 2012 to 2021. And that's not and a good now, thing because the, 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 the destruction not, no, of the rainforest is having an effect on climate. Yeah, and they're supposed to be the lungs of the world. But it, it gets worse. They have now stated that they're going to get rid of seven point, um, sorry, 5.7 million hectares of the um, Amazon in the next 10 years mm-hmm. for cattle and soybeans, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And then all the meat then is going to be processed in Brazil. It's got to be put, then it has to be chemically um, preserved, put on a ship, sailed over to its destinations, right? So the meat is 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 not even fresh meat. And the carbon fiber, the, the carbon footprint of doing that, the carbon footprint oh, yeah, of getting it's, it's a good bit of from Brazil. Over here, in, you know, as compared to the carbon fibrant f- f- fingerprint of getting a good bit of steak mm. from East Cork onto my place, so there's no comparison yeah. there. There's there's absolutely none. But you see, like I, I look at a lot of the farmers now, and they're taking up like I don't think they realise what they're actually doing. And I'll tell you what what I mean by this is that. They're taking up this thing about putting um, turning certain part some par- certain parts of their land into forestry, okay? Mm. And which is which always all seems great and perfect, but what the farmers don't realise is that after five years of their land being forestry, it'll be rezoned as forestry land, not agricultural land, which means that they they lose ninety eight percent depreciation on the land. Mm. And if you look what's it's a bit, actually happening... That's a small little bit complicated for people who are not of the land, James. So you say... Okay, it's like yeah. this. If you, you're a house, right? Yeah. And you have a home and, and you've bought and paid for it and you rented out, let's say, two rooms in your house. Yes. Okay? And you're living in your house. And the government suddenly says, well, now you've got a guest house. So now what we're going to do is... We're going to turn. We're going to say that that section of your house isn't yours anymore. Isn't your p? Isn't your private um, property re- uh, residential? Isn't your PPR? So now they can confiscate this. This is pretty much what they're what they're going to do. They're going to confiscate this forestry land that isn't this agricultural land that is now forestry land. Mm. So they're going to rezone it as forestry to take the land from the farmers. So are you suggesting that what needs to happen, James, is that farmers? need to get political here they have to do what the dutch did the dutch got very political and they create they, they created their own group and they actually took power away from the eu and they said we're not we're not giving up our farms mm. Mm. we are not 
cutting down the the volume of of production. Mm. Okay. Now, now, James, I suppose and this is this this is what our Irish farmers need to do, and the people in the countryside. Yeah. You know, we need to start sort of saying, look, if if there look if if we want to cut down carbon footprint, then we should be creating. We shouldn't be importing like we we at presently we're importing beef from Brazil. Mm-hmm. You do understand that, uh, yeah. Of course. And we and we import quite a considerable amount of beef. Yeah. If we produce the beef here, and and we, and we would have a lower footprint if we produced all that beef here as opposed to doing it in Brazil, where there is no traceability. Yeah, there is this idea. It's some of the environmental lobbyists would believe that our our national herd needs to be caught way back to cut down on, on, on carbon see, emissions. Well, you see, the, the thing about it is that... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The the carbon emissions, if you look at it realistically, if you were to say, let's bring all the beef in from Brazil, the carbon footprint would be treble yeah. of what we produce at the moment. Yeah, and here's another, another, another stat that's been put up on the screen to me here. If we decided, well, we would be able to, if we were supplying the UK and Germany, say, instead of yeah. Brazil and Argentina supplying the UK, that's a small, it's A, a smaller carbon footprint again and be huge profits for our farmers oh it, it's it's it, it's phenomenal i mean i mean they're they're making um i uh, i think it's 74 billion a year off their cattle currently <sighs> on exports 53% of their exports goes to china yeah now if you think about it, if they're going to increase their um Let's say their 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 beef herd, okay, by thirty five percent in the next um, six years, yeah. okay. So they're going to increase at minimum by thirty five percent. This is actually to supply. What they want to do is they want to make Brazil the only place where you have beef produced in the world. I in saw the that. In, I saw that. 
It's a documented I, I, fact. More, like well, they, they you're more than one. you more than one person has said that now that they would like to see. But it's all actually people. documented. Yeah, it's actually in, it's in the documentation in the EU that they want all the beef produced in the world in one location, and that's Brazil, and ship it all from Brazil. So they're going to eradicate the Amazon, which are the lungs of the world. Yeah. If they, if, they, if they eradicate, I mean, if they eradicate the rainforest, so that's not, we're that, all that, goosed. That, that, well, do, do you know what makes me laugh is that if you say, oh, okay, if you're looking at carbon footprint, right? No, I'm going to digress just a tiny bit. But if you were to say, you know, use um, a carbon neutral fuel like uh, what carbon engineering in Canada produce, yeah. where you can replace all your diesel, all your petrol, all your jet fuel, all your every every combustible engine will run on this fuel. It's 10% cheaper and 35% more, or sorry, 30% more efficient. So to a person to buy it, you save 10% and you get 30% more mileage in your vehicle. Mm. And it'll run on any petrol, diesel, anything at all, airplanes, ships, the whole shooting gas. Sounds like something that is Star Trek here. Yeah. No, the company is called Carbon Engineering in Canada. They produced this fuel in 2018. It is available. Um, and um, basically, it's a you can put you can put it into any engine, and it burns 100% pure. It's actually made by extracting carbon from the air, and through a process, they mix it with um, hydrogen, uh, hydrogen, uh, hydrogen, and then they produce this 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 fuel. Okay, right. when you burn it in the car, or in your tractor, or in anything at all, it works on every single engine any combustion engine, and it burns 100% pure. 10% cheaper, 30% more efficient. So that's mm. a saving for you and me in our vehicles of 40%. Mm. And why, why aren't they using that? And why aren't they promoting this throughout the world? I know we'll we, 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 we be replacing oil and petrol and diesel. A lot of profit will be lost there. But exactly. Mm. Yeah, I guess. And also we get rid of this idea, you know, that, you know, it would bring our carbon footprint way, way down. And you could actually use it in your electricity generators. Could you imagine this? You could use this in your electric generators and not create any smog, not create any problem whatsoever in the whole world. You can actually buy the mechanism for making this and you could set up a plant in here in Cork. Thank you. Carbon Engineering in Canada. That's the name of the company. Look it up. Look it up. Was there, James, thank you for a thoughtful contribution. Uh, but no, I just, if I was a farmer, I think I'd be getting out of it. I really would. 0818969696. Good time to mention this to you as well. On this week's Hours to Protect, which is uh, around quarter to 11 on Friday, Katie will be looking at Cork Hotels and how they're offering garden to plate meals and their passion for significantly reducing. Their carbon footprint. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Actually, there you go. With regard to a good bit of steak, you can't beat a good bit of steak. And which it's it's got to be a no brainer. Which is better? You go to your favourite eatery and you have the steak. Which is better if that steak is coming from East Cork, farm to fork, or if it's coming? From Brazil, like which, which it it doesn't make which is better for the world, which is better for the world, which is better for 
carbon footprints and all that. 0818 96 96 96. It just makes no sense to me. On prices of things, Kathleen went to a cobbler's recently to get heels repaired on her shoes. Handed in a deposit of 10 euro. When he came back, the guy wanted another 10. I could have bought the blasted shoes cheaper in a shop. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. Yeah, I was someone else on the phone about costs this time to do with car insurance. I was insured at the same company for four years. I recently got my full license. And I was delighted with myself. Congratulations. Well, you might be. I told the insurance company, and the insurance dropped by €100. Euro. Grand job, and thanks. Then the fella on the phone says, well, next year now your insurance will be much lower. Come renewal time, <laughs> my premium went up by 700 quid. Insurance in this country is a racket. We, look, best we could advise you to do is shop around. You'll be a new customer for a company, and you'll be an attractive customer with a full licence. Um, I would say shop around on that one, certainly. There's no loyalty to you. you know? 0818 96 96 96. And one of the stories that broke on the opinion line while I was away was that Appery living in Belgoolie, this came out last Thursday, we got sight of some letters that had been sent out um, by Appery living, which runs the nursing home in Belgoolie. And it said, just to recap again, the letter said, following a full independent review of its business, Appery Living has made the difficult decision to wind down operations at their nursing home in Belgoolie. HICWA has been informed. There's no action required immediately. Care will not be affected in the short to medium term. But it will cease operations within six months. And the letter goes on to say, blah, blah, blah. You know, we'll do everything we can, we'll help, all this, etc., etc., etc. The letter was signed by Joe Faulkner, who's Director of Nursing at Apparee. There was a public meeting last night to see what happens next, joined by Independent TD for Cork South West, Michael Collins. Michael, um, that, that letter can't have been, it must have been very upsetting for people to get. They've given a six-month time frame. Do you have any confidence that they can do a smooth handover to another operator? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. I suppose, look, there's there's two issues here. I suppose a lot of people attended that meeting last night uh, in Cotman's Bar, I'd say fully, the Coleman's Bar, sorry, fully intending to try and save the nursing home that's in existence in Belgodi at this this time. Uh, A nursing home that uh, has won awards uh, only a few years ago is now facing closure and they wanted answers. Uh, you know, it was a 68 bed. It's down to 49 residents at this present time. It has 41 employees. So there's a residence issue. There's an employees issue. But also there was upset, you know, that a lot of people were informed, that families were informed by web text, which was very, a very poor way to... And web to, text? Uh, wow. Yeah, web text. Is what so they didn't all get this that, letter that, that happened from here? Yeah, apparently they're getting that maybe these days now. Of course, bank holiday was held up, but they got a web text initially. Uh, last week, and that's how families found out uh, a lot of them uh, that their their uh, their their own loved ones were going to have to probably be moved on um, in the next six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the way the people felt. I said they were very angry last night. Uh, angry that the, you know there's over thirty nursing homes, PJ, throughout the country closing, and, and and my worry is that there's many more on the verge of closures. 
he do have standards that they want to bring both community hospitals and nursing homes up to. I'm, I have no issue with that because that is a very good um, uh, place for hospitals to be, to have good standards. But maybe their standards are gone so high that a lot of nursing homes and community hospitals are finding it difficult. Community hospitals will get this money from the state. Uh, the nursing homes are left without any funds as such uh, along the lines of having to do up a, uh, a nursing home, which could run to two, three, four, five hundred thousand. Um, so Hickey will have a report in, in relation to this nursing home. Uh, from what I can gather, I haven't seen the report that it's not that there isn't a huge amount of issues that need to be addressed here. Mm. So if there isn't a huge amount of issues that need to be addressed, and if uh, APRI purchased this nursing home in 2017, how is it they find themselves in 2018? They find themselves in 2020, 23, um, in, in, in difficulties and can't continue to uh, provide a nursing home service for the for the residents in there. So the people, as I said... Is, is it on the fair deal scheme, Michael? It is on the fair deal scheme. It certainly is. Um, and, and last night, Jim Faulkner, um, um, who is the director of nursing there and who is now going to be the liaison contact uh, in fairness, he turned up from Matbury uh, living last night. We had Ty Daly, uh, the CEO from Nursing Home Ireland, who who, who gave a, an overview of, of nursing homes in Bodham West Cork, in Cork City, Cork County, and in Ireland, mm-hmm. um, and the situation that many of them are facing, the crisis they're facing. And as I said, tur- over 30 of them have closed. We also had Tom, Tom Quinn last night, because I was trying to look, I was trying to say, okay, we obviously fight to save the, the, that nursing home, but we have to look if things don't go right. Tom Finn is the CEO of Silverstream Nursing Home, which they have a uh, nursing home in Riverstick and uh, Riverstick and Ballincorrig. Now, the Riverstick and, and and I think people, if they're listening today, they were there last night, would be angry at me to be thinking, you're throwing in the towel, I'm not. I'm trying to put forward options here. Yeah. We certainly must fight. Is there a prospect at all, if, though, Michael? If, if APRI can't stay in charge, and it says it can't, and we, we must believe that that's the situation for them, but if they can't stay in charge... Is there other other operators who might be willing to take it over? Because forty eight beds, like that, sounds like a fairly lucrative operation for any operator. Well, at this present time, it doesn't look as if any other operator wants to take it over. I think nursing homes are becoming a there's a crisis in the nursing home sector, and Minister Butler has not uh, dealt with that crisis. And 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 listen to Ty Daly's and other. Uh, other speakers and other uh, nursing homeowners that I've spoke to over the last number of months are saying the same thing. There's a crisis out there and Minister Butler is not facing up to the reality that she needs to provide funds for them to come up to standards. And if she doesn't, there's only one other option. If they're not meeting with the Hickey standard, they'll be closed down anyway. So they're making the, 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 the harsh decision to close down nursing homes. And my worry is, to me, Apri, and, and, and this is my personal thought to this, PJ, APRI are going through a difficult time and they're saying to patients in Belgoli to go to another APRI nursing home and we have one in Bantry and maybe others, uh, there might be others too throughout the, the country obviously I haven't confidence But, but that's, in, I see in, Michael, that's that's all very time. fine for APRI to say and as a local TD I, you, you'll be aware of this like if, if, if my elderly relative is in the APRI in Belgoli the nursing home in Belgoli and I'm able to go there of an evening and it's maybe four or five miles in the car and you know yourself. Sure, shifting that yep. lovely person down to Bantry, fine, they've got a bed then, but but that's putting extraordinary hardship on a family, having to go down to Bantry. And that, 
And that's where a lot of well-spoken people spoke last night at the meeting saying, number one, we need to fight to retain the nursing home in, in, in Belgooli, uh, however, or whatever means that is. And there has to be the HSE and the department and the minister needs to intervene here. Uh, PJ to try and save these nursing homes. Well, we had, a, we had an, uh, earlier in the summer, Michael. Sorry to cut a question over. Earlier in the summer, we had an incident. The name of the nursing homes got out of my head here. It was before I went and held it. We had another uh, nursing home, um, and there was discussions going on between providers and and whatever. One of the care choice ones, and it was leaving fair deal, and it was people, relatives, and whatever. and the government's attitude seems to be, well, that's a matter for yourselves. And this is where the problem lies. And that's what it was made very clear last night. And it's made very clear in the motion that was in the Dáil a month ago. The motion in the Dáil was very clear last month that the government would intervene where nursing homes needed funding for to bring them up the standards. And they agreed to that uh, that motion. And they haven't given a brown cent to anyone, any nursing home at this present time. And they're closing around the country and the government are sitting back accepting that. And there's, you know, you know they upset like, I mean, there's a married couple and maybe more than one married couple in Bilgooli that have lived together all their lives and have now in the nursing home and living there happily in that nursing home are now facing the possibility of being having to be split up because it looks to me as if there is a plan, but it's not a great plan. It's just, we'll try this nursing home for you, we'll try that nursing home, and we'll yeah. pick you up and we'll put you all over the county. The Bowman residential care home is one of Yeah, you want PJ. Yeah. The people want one thing. They want the government, they made it very clear to intervene here and that the government and the, the Department of Health would take over the running of this nursing home and start taking over the running of nursing homes that are up to, up to a very good standard and need a little improvement. It isn't that they're yeah. in an appalling state in any way, shape or form. And that's what you hear. But, but sorry now, Michael, has Hickwa said, yeah. Hick said that the nursing home is below an acceptable standard or has Hickwa said it's all right if you do this, that and the other? Yes, Hick, you have said it's all right if you do, if, you, if there's improvements to be made. And this is where Apri and other nursing homes are finding it. And what kind of improvements has it asked for? Well, you know, first of all, I, the question I, I'd like to find out is why is there 49 residents in a 68-bed uh, 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 nursing home? Why are the almost 20 beds closed? Is there an issue with that? Six? Now, I've been in that nursing home. I've met the patients in there. It's a beautiful nursing home. A beautiful nursing home to me, but obviously, you know, I think you have very, very strict standards now. So maybe where there was uh, two beds one time, uh, it might be having to be brought down to one bed. There's a lot of issues going on in nursing homes throughout the country. And I think the HICU standards have gone so, gone a little bit too high, to be quite honest with you. Improvements mm. certainly need to be made in community hospitals and, and in private nursing homes, but I think they've taken this one step too far and they've put uh, nursing homes out of business and they need to step back. We don't need to step back into having people living in in in, in, in bad conditions. No. But certainly, they need to sit back and try and see can they can 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 build. But like the government needs to step into and fund it. We're talking about when countries are washing money. I, I know that the minister Minister Butler was invited to last night's meeting. Did she attend or send a representative or a statement even? No, um, she did, in fairness, come back to me, and I give credit where credit is due. Yes. PJ, last minute, was organised like from the. She's out in holidays, out of the country, she said in holidays, which is fair. I respect that. Yes. Everybody's entitled to a break. But I did ask her to send an office from our department, and surely that could have been afforded the people to see um, what is being done as such. To, because this is this is where we're going. We could be faced with this throughout the country, in other places, in Cork and West Cork or East and North, our city. So. I want an answer to see what she's doing. She's saying she's waiting for the budget 
in this situation, we can't, the people of West Park can't wait till the budget. Uh, Belgoli is, uh, is well, the budget is the budget, is the budget. The budget, the budget is. I think is it the tenth or eleventh of October, Michael? Is it around that time? Yes. Yeah. So October, that's yeah. that's two months. So really, the budget. To be fair, now the budget could address it because Apari have said six months. Six months is February, January, but February. As we're as we're talking. Uh, on this one, there's most likely patients leaving Belgodi now. Um, uh, that that they're being home. Oh, they started moving, aren't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, they're they're negotiating with people as we speak, and it all like we had the Tom Finn from uh, River Stick, which is very close to Belgodi, and there's a nursing home there, another lovely nursing home. So, like, obviously, people will get a place. They're not going to wait till the the last day of the staff. True, there's true, another issue true. too. And but what's going to happen? Staff, what's uh, going to happen if it closes, Michael? What will happen to the building? That's the question. Who owns that was a question it? that was asked quite a lot last night. Apri, you're telling me, I've been led to believe it's Apri, but I'm not 100% sure. Is that correct? Um, are, they the, are they the owners? And I'm going like, to they're they're, they're the service providers, but are they the owners? Yeah. Are they the owners of the question? I'm trying to meet with Apri. Hopefully, uh, that will be afforded to me to try and get some straight up uh, questions. Did that the question not come up last, last night with Joe Faulkner was at the meeting, no? It did, but he wasn't able to answer all the questions and I give him credit where credit due director nothing doesn't know what the, the shareholders and what the, yeah. the CEO is doing and, and talking. He gave a lot of answers uh, in relation to the, to the chair of the patient you know, going forward like the no more web text and all this. It's going to be one-to-one with people. But the, 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 the anger was so much there last night that they, the public, the, the, the people in the, in the audience called for a Cause, protest cause next Michael, Sunday. Do you, know what's going, do, you, do you know what's going to occur? Do you, know, do you want? Do you want's going yes. to come up? And I'm going to. I'm going to put it out there before someone actually thinks it and write it in. What's going to come up yes. here is that that this nursing home is being cleared out to house refugees. That was brought up. There's no point in saying it wasn't. I, I, I knew it would. I knew it would. I'm not saying yeah, it is. Yeah, by yeah, the way, yeah. I'm not saying it is. But I, I knew it would come up. Yeah, it was, it was brought up to me, uh, and it was brought up uh, over the weekend, and it was brought up again last night, and, but it's, it's something that I can either clarify or deny, you, you know, I, I genuinely don't know. But what I do know is that the, the public want this nursing home to be saved, they want sure. the government and, and, and the department to, to step in. There's a protest next Sunday at 12 o'clock, a, a peaceful protest, uh, uh, starting outside Coleman's Bar. Uh, up to um, up to the outside of the, uh, the the nursing home, we're not going to go in and and upset patients. So we're staying well, outside on the roadside away, so that they won't be upset and see what's going on. But certainly, there's a great anger there, PJ. And you know, we 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 have a lot of work to do in the next uh, number of weeks to try and see can we either save this or or what's the next move. You mentioned husband and wives being in there together. I heard a hor- horrifically upsetting story from the UK a couple of months ago where a nursing home now closed and a husband and wife who had not missed a night together in 72 years, they were in their 90s, they were they were being sent to nursing homes 80 miles apart. Like, Christ, that can't be allowed to happen. Yeah. I know, I know, but the thing is, there don't seem to be a very clear plan other than, you know, again, Tom Finn was very, very kind to turn up at that meeting last night from Riverstick and Ballincurrig, but there don't seem to be a plan to take multiple amount of uh, residents into any one nursing home. It seems to be like if somebody passes away in one nursing home, well, there's a space available. That's not a great way, to be honest with you. It's not a great solution. And 
the HSE need to step in here and take over. Well, that, I'm that thinking, Mike, I'm thinking, Michael, six months, right? Six months now. You're talking. You're talking early 2024. I I don't want to be talking to you here in early 2024. Going well. Where's Johnny going to go? And where's Margaret going to go? And where's Finbar going to go? Unfortunately, that's the question the families were asking last night, and they haven't got clarity yet. And I know Joe Faulkner is going to do his best to try and help them. But it looks to me as if it's going to be piecemeal here, there, everywhere, and it's not going to be, you know, in the Riverstick Nursing Home, the HSE have transitional bids, 47 transitional bids in that nursing home. Now, that's where the ideal solution is. Uh, the ideal solution, obviously, is very good, but if, if, if there has to be a backup plan, that's where it is. But look, the HSE have that uh, taken out, and that was discussed in detail last night as well. Too. Michael, so, uh, I'll just say uh, one thing to you, and it's a different f- type of facility. But let's not have this turn into another flipping on a cura. I know, I know, yes, I know, I know. It's it's, it's serious. It's very upsetting for people, very, and okay. uh, they need to be strong political activity on this. Uh, to be honest with you, yeah. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd love to talk to one of the families if they were in, available or willing to have a have a chat with me. I know people are very nervous about talking about things like this, but I, I'd love to if they were available. Uh, Michael, thank you so much, Michael Collins. He's independent TD for Cork. Southwest on the future, the very doubtful future now of Belgooli Nursing Home. 0818 96 96 96. Um, if you have got somebody down there in that nursing home and you're worried about what, what might happen to them, uh, you know where we are. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. When talking to Michael Collins about the this letter that we read out last week, I just recapped on us about the uh, Appery, the operators of that nursing home that sent out a letter, but some people only got it by web text. Uh, the letters didn't all end together. To be fair, uh, that can happen, particularly with the bank holiday weekend. So we'll allow for that. But just in case anyone thought it was being unfair to them, I would hope not to be not to be fair to all sides. And again, to be fair to them, they turned up last night. They sent their director of nursing, Mr. Faulkner, who, who put his name to that letter to take questions at the meeting. It's one that we will follow. Um, nursing homes closing is not something we want to hear about. Not so much that they won't find somewhere else from, you know, Nana or Granda or Auntie Mary or Mammy or Daddy or whoever happens to be in the nursing home. But the fact that if the bed in the new other nursing home is 40 miles away, that upscuttles everybody's lives. So it's, it's one we'll follow with interest over the months to come on the opinion line. 0818 96 96 96. One of the stories I picked up on uh, in the tabloids while I was away was the strange story of what is happening in the world of Melissa Vivian Jefferson. Who, Peach? Melissa Vivian Jefferson. Jefferson. Lizzo? No. Lizzo is in trouble. She's had a string of massive hits. I'm a fan. I like her music. But she's she's in trouble over the strangest thing. Um, she herself is, is, is a plus-size lady and has always spoken out about weight and what, people fat shaming her and all this. A number of her dancers and backing singers have come out now and accused Lizzo of doing exactly what she said no one should do. 
And now she's got a string of Grammys behind her, an Emmy Award, um, God knows what else, Times Entertainer of the Year 2019, but now could well be cancelled. Uh, Beyonce has already changed the words of a song on stage because it used to refer to Lizzo. She denies any wrongdoing. She took to Instagram and she said the accusations against her are false, unbelievable, outrageous and sensationalised. She said she was passionate about her art and with that passion comes hard work and high standards. And sometimes I have to make hard decisions because what happened was three of her dancers filed a lawsuit against herself and her production company, which is called Big Girl Big Touring Inc., including accusations that she pressured one of them to touch a nude performer at a strip club in Amsterdam and that she made comments about one performer putting on weight and then fired her. A lot of the talk I was reading last week and a lot of people listening to young people talking around you, young people have a view on the world and they heard a conversation between two two girls in the street going, are you still listening to Lizzo? No, deleted her all from the phone. Can't be doing that. Can't be doing those things. Let's try and get a take on this. Karen Karen Underwood, you're not a, you're not a Lizzo fan, I don't know. Were, were you ever a Lizzo fan? Good morning. It's not that I wasn't a Lizzo fan. I just don't promote fat positivity because of people's health. Yeah. And I felt that was a bit of what she was doing, promoting the over-sexualization of women. But at the same time, I found some of what she was saying quite empowering. I do believe that from a psychological point of view, you have to love whatever body you have. Yes. And I learned that a long time ago when my mama said to me, Karen, you got a big body house because you got a lot of women to hold inside. So you need a bigger body house to hold you. And, you know, and it wasn't that she was just saying, take it easy. Don't fight it. You know, be who you are. I get that. Yeah. But from a health perspective, high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, I wouldn't want to promote that lifestyle. So I didn't jump on the Lizzo bandwagon um, very early, but I do respect her music. But I also respect um, what journalists need to do to call it out. But I don't like the sensational, this, um, to, for it to be sensationalized, you know. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't in that nightclub. People are drinking and doing Lord knows what else. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, the hype is there and, you know, and someone says something, whether it was Lizzo and, and then other people probably chanting it on. It happened and the woman fell under pressure and did whatever she did. I don't know the full story. It needs to go to court. Yeah. It needs to go to court, you know. As regards the 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 other performer that she criticized over her weight, that was the one that struck me kind of because Lizzo part of the reason she became a star. That's her brand. She that's jacked her brand. up exactly. her own brand. She now, jacked it up. Yeah. She, makes, if she did she, that. If she did that. Karen, you yeah. and I both know music. She makes damn good pop music as well. Good pop music with a positive message yeah. in some regards. Yeah. I mean, love the body that you have. Appreciate it. Because if, if you don't love it fat, you ain't going to love it in a healthier body weight. So I, I agree with that, if but, that was her message. But yeah. if she's telling one of her backing dancers, sorry, you're getting too fat, what's going on there? What's going on there is people need to deal with their own stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, she's, you know, I'm sure she's from a place of self-reflection, you know, and, um... We don't know. Could the dancer still move the way she did with an extra or however many pounds? I don't know. I know I don't. I know I move much smoother when I'm 30 pounds lighter. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm not stressing about it either. You know? 
what what bothered me actually, Karen, listening to this when I was away, this story was, you know, okay, look, if she's had a bit of a run in with one of her dancers or one of her performers, well, that's what she's had, and let them sort it out between them. When I yeah. hear young people in the street then saying, "Oh, I've deleted all her songs off my phone," yeah, well, that's what happens. You know, people, you know, popular artists, even myself, I, as an artist. You still have a responsibility to young people. You have a responsibility to society, whether you want to admit that or not. And if she has done that, she deserves to be canceled. Oh. Play that one out with me. You you, you believe in cancellation, Karen? I don't necessarily believe in the idea of cancellation. But, like, you can't build a brand on, you know, fat positivity and then fat shame your dancers, if that has happened. If that has happened, yeah. Yeah, she's gonna have to rebrand. Yeah, or at least apologize if she, if that's definitely more than ver- that. She has to pay. Yeah, the very good point that you make is we weren't there. We weren't there. Like in the same situation, you could have a job, be out with a bunch of coworkers in a business sense, any 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 major company, and you go to a club and somebody pressures somebody and you feel the pressure and then you give in, you cave into it, and then you look back and reflect and say. Oh, I didn't feel good about that. I shouldn't have done that. Mm. We have to be careful. And employers have to be respond more even more responsible. So, you know, this needs to go to court. God. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that occurred to me was, well, okay, she is the, the star. She's the That's right. Front of the show. She mm-hmm. is and I'll use the term with care and I'm choosing my words in the context of our conversation. She's yeah. the big girl. Could yeah. could it be could it be she wants to say, I'm the only big girl in the room here? You know, I don't think that was it because a lot of them are, you know, quite plus sized and voluptuous and beautiful. Yes. And able to move. I don't know, uh, as not being the employer of those dancers, could they still do the moves? Was there personal vendettas? Yeah. We don't know. We're don't hearing know, all kinds of stories coming out. Yeah. yeah. And we now live in a world, and again, you can broaden it, we now live in a world where, you know, once upon a time, these things would have all been sorted out before any of us ever heard of it, if exactly. we ever heard of it at all. Exactly. Now it becomes double A news story. It's a news story. And you know what? The old saying, Karen, that there's a lie has done two rings of the world while the truth is getting his boots on. Exactly. And I, that's what I feel has happened here. I think we need to wait and see. Okay. I think that if, let's just say, example, the likes of R. Kelly, what he did, what he did, yeah. he deserved to be canceled. Yeah, Sorry. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so if if this has happened and if she is found guilty of this, you know, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can and we, I do like her music, really do. I respect her music. Yeah, yeah I, I must say I do. Because, uh, and that's that's just it. She's She makes great pop music and I would hate to think that that this is what she behaves. You know, it was like some television presenter who we won't name now because I can't remember exactly who it was. One very well-known television presenter who was really, really popular on TV every day. And then a few people said, well, yeah, but she's a proper bitch off air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now, there's a thing, right? Um, question coming in, Karen. Can you separate the artist and the music I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can still listen to Michael Jackson. I can still listen to R. Kelly. Um, You know, I think they created great music. Just like I can go to the Sistine Chapel and look at paintings of artists who would have been 
rapists or murderers or whatever. You know, we still look at that art. We still read those books. Yeah. You mentioned, oh. you mentioned Michael Jackson, a typical example. Song comes on the radio, an old Michael Jackson song. And you think, what a fantastic song. But what about all those stories? Well, sometimes you have to consider the message and not the messenger. You know? Yeah. I have you. Karen, always good to catch up, my friend. 0818 96 96 96. Karen Underwood. Were you following that, that Lizzo story? Someone on the phone says, uh, it turns out if she, if she does fat shame in private, can we then enjoy her songs and feel the empowerment from them? There's the thing. She, she has built her entire brand, as Karen said, on being a big girl and being able to dance and being able to sing and play the flute. That's 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 the thing I, I like most about her. Um, and making great pop songs. Can you say I love her pop music if it turns out she's a proper in the dressing room? Can you? Kevin then says accountability isn't cancellation. It might be the end result, but that is a consequence. Yeah. Like, there are so many people now, when you think back about it, um... God, like Gary Glitter. Now, younger listeners, look him up. But Gary Glitter, right, um, made great pop record after great pop record after great pop record in the 70s. Now, I have this thing I play at Christmas when I'm gigging, which has one of his old songs in it. I went back and edited it out because we now know Gary Glitter was a scumbag. You know, uh, but anyway, oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp oh eight three three ninety six ninety six ninety six. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. ninety six FM. The stories of plagues of locusts and grasshoppers and stuff and massive heat waves and melting pavements and, and, and this and that and the other. Some of it's true, some of it's nonsense. I can tell you that now. Some of it's true and some of it's nonsense. I'm just reading an update there where the Canary Islands of the next few days are going to get wicked hot altogether. There's a Kalima coming in. That's uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. But reading articles in various newspapers about you know, going on holidays and the terrible heat and you can't breathe and all this kind of thing. Look, it is what it is. It's it's a heat wave. It's a summertime. It gets hot out there. But strange things are coming home with us on holidays and they're upsetting people's night's sleep. Like I was reading this article where uh, in Italy, in a place in Italy called the Romagna Riviera. Sounds nice, don't it? On the south coast of Italy. They've had a few of these lads around. Grasshoppers. Crickets. And you hear him by day. Right? Dawn, dusk, you hear a fair few of them, right? But what if there's so many of them that you can't get a week of sleep with them? <laughs> right? And it's day and night. And in the Romania Riviera, people have been checking out their hotel rooms. Because they can't sleep with that crack going on outside. And also because the creepy crawlers are getting into the bedroom. Um, 
and you'd be half afraid you might bring one of them home with you because they'll crawl into a nice warm suitcase for a sleep. Um, but what is the real danger? Could you bring them home? Trevor Hayden of Complete Pest Control. Uh, they're noisy. I can imagine in huge numbers they'd be very noisy, Trevor. But would they would they be harmful? Good morning. Morning. How are you? All right. Yeah. So the the ones the ones we're concerned with make no noise, um, and you don't know they're there till it's too late, unfortunately. Oh, which ones are they? So the two major concerns is cockroaches and bedbugs. So what what most people do is when they go on holidays, they end up nominating a suitcase to be thrown in the corner of the room. That's now the dirty basket, and that's where all the clothes end up. Yeah. And usually the lid is open. And what's happened is you're throwing your your swimming trunks and stuff in there, and co- the cockroaches are getting in as well because it's warm and damp. Yeah, yeah. So, oh God, yeah. Look, the, the fear of bringing one of them home, especially if they have eggs, you know, you can have an explosion then of 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 the amount of them when you get home. So, yeah, it's not it's not a pleasant thought. I remember we we saw none this year. We were honey, a couple of years ago when I was in holidays. We had a few of them, but we we're on the second floor, so it didn't really bother us. Um, I have no fear of cockroaches that ever was. Um, my wife is terrified of the things, um, but but should we? Are, are are they dangerous? They can give you gastric type bugs because you you don't know where they've been. So they can be in you know crawling around the toilet, and next thing they're crawling around the surface you have food on. So they can give you gastric type bugs. Mm. Um, you'd rather not have them. Yeah. Um, the, the difficulty is once they get into a fabric of a building, if, if it goes long enough without treating, now they're in the fabric of the building, mm. which means it's control, not elimination. Right. You'll right. never get rid of them. And if you were unlucky enough to bring a pregnant mammy cockroach home on flight EI-101 and leave her in at home until she was ready to hatch and she got out and got into the wall on you, what might you be facing? Yeah, so we, we give advice all the time for people, you know, they want to have a go themselves and we can give advice on how to treat for mice and, and yeah, it's successful and people are, are more than willing just to, to try it themselves. But with the likes of cockroaches and bed bugs, it's not really something you can do yourself. You, you need a professional touch to get rid of them because we're not used to them. They're not native to over here. Mm. So it's, it's not something that you've grown up dealing with. So definitely you would need to engage the services of a, a pest control company to get rid of them. And, and tell me, you mentioned they're not native to here. Like our climate, does that suit them? Because you would have thought it's way too cold for them. Yeah. Well, if you think of New York, New York's famous for having cockroaches. So it's it's really cold in the winter and really hot in the summer. But where these guys are living is indoors. So the temperature's roughly the same. You have the heating on in the winter, you know, you have the window open in the summer. So, you know, the temperature in your house or your apartment is pretty much the same all year long. Okay. Just talk to me about bed bugs and then we'll look about how you might avoid bringing anything home. So the bed bugs, I've, I've, I, they're, they're small little critters. They... They're much. They're, they're bigger than people think. Oh really? Yeah, no, they're bit. Yeah, so a, a full-grown adult bedbug looks like an apple pip with legs. That's the, really? kind of the best description. They're, yeah, they're that size. Right. And what's so, what's their danger? What's their favorite thing to do to you? Bite you. 
blood. Oh, really? They're interested in one thing and one thing only is blood. So mm-hmm. they don't care whether it's you, the dog, just a warm blooded mammal, and that that's what they're interested in. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Do you know what? I'm 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 doing this job about twenty years, and it's the one thing that still makes me itch: the thoughts of bed bugs in the bed. And do are they're not native here? Are they no? They're native everywhere, so you get them everywhere. Um, but generally, they're they're hitchhikers. So you must—they're they're not going to live outdoors in Ireland. So if they end up in your home, it's because you've transported them there. So most people only transport stuff into their home when they've been on holidays. They've gone away with a bag and they've brought the bag back. And what's happened is, so you arrive on holidays. First thing you do, you walk into the bedroom. You admire the, the hotel you're staying in, saying it's lovely. You throw the bed up on the on the bed to unpack your clothes. And that's the first no-no. You, you don't put the bed, the bag on the bed. Oh, right. Mm. I see. Um, a lot of the times then, if you go on the continent, the beds are not the box-based beds. They're, they're four separate legs. So there's a gap underneath. A lot of people would shove their suitcases under the beds. Yes. And again, that's a no-no because now you're putting it directly in the line of fire where these guys will be. Oh, See, this is, I'd be much more worried about these fellas now than it would be about cockroaches, Trevor. Because yeah, they have a kind of a clicking sound, like the little thugs on them. Do you know? But they oh God, you're, 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 oh, you've been skin crawling now. They, they, they want blood and they want more, they just want blood. They sound like good journalists. They, they want blood yeah. and, 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 and they get into the suitcase and will they breed? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they need a blood meal to, to basically shed their skin like a, like a snake. So you end up with these small little casings. So blood is, is vitally important for them to move to every stage of their development. Um, but it, look, it, it gets so bad. And some of the ones we've seen, when I go away, my wife, the first thing she makes me do when we go to a hotel, regardless of where it is, is check the bed. Make sure that there's there's no bed bugs in it. Right. But they could live in the mattress, can't they? They live in and around the bed. They, they call bed bugs because they, they bite you when you're in bed, but they can live in and around the bed. So the I bedside see. lockers, the headboards, oh. you know, within striking distance. Oh, God. They're waiting, they're waiting for the, the victim to go to bed. You'll tell me next to know when you're asleep. They do. They do. So what, what? happens is, uh, just, yeah, so it's two things attract them. So one, they're waiting for you to be stationary. And, and there are just two things that happen that alert them to that you're there. So your body heat, so when you're lying in bed, you're nice and warm. And when you breathe out, it's your breath then that, that attracts them. Oh, help us. Oh, help us and save us. Mm-hmm. Now, is there anything, because I know my missus will listen to this and she'll go, oh my God. Um, like, when you go to your resort, is there anything you can either bring with you or buy? to spray on the bed or powder on the bed to get rid of them? No. Look, I'm sure there's stuff in the local shops you can buy, but I wouldn't recommend putting chemicals on your bed. It's not because you're sleeping there. You're, you're, you know, your face is on the pillow. You're lying there. So, no, we we wouldn't recommend you do anything like that. I see. I see. And, of course, they bite and they want blood. Are their bites anyway dangerous? So they don't transmit disease, which is a which is a good thing. Um, but everybody reacts different. So personally, I blow up like a balloon. My arm swells up and everything. But other people, it's a tiny little dot. It's relatively close to what a bee sting would be. So some people react to bee stings, some don't. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a it's a dot with a raised edge around it, and it's extremely itchy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Not nice. 
I'm just thinking. I had one of them last week. <laughs> well, if you if you had a bed bug in your bed, you'd know about it. Like you're like jumping into a bed with a mosquito. Because you won't get just that. one; you get a load of them, right? Oh yeah, you get a load of bites. <laughs> is it true? Caller says, "Is it true if you put alcohol on the bed, they'll rise to the top?" I don't know what that means. Oh, if you, if you uh, I don't know. If they, are they drawn? Are they drawn to alcohol? In other words, if if you've alcohol in your breath, you, you mentioned your breath. No, if you've alcohol in your breath, you probably won't feel the bite. Yeah. Right. Oh, she says a spray. Yeah, you've, had, you've, had, you've had a few on board. Yeah, a spray. Uh, a spray. No. no, no, I'm not aware of any repellents okay. that that keeps them away. I know there's repellents for the likes of mosquitoes yeah. and stuff like that, but for bed bugs, no. Right. Okay. And you want? And it's not just one bite. You get a load. They have. they they're in for a feed. Yeah. yeah, generally they'll they'll produce a number of bites. So if your arm is lying on the bed where your arm joins the bed, that little crease going along, they'll they'll walk and they'll walk along that and they'll bite you a number of times. Oh, blood. oh God, they're blood-loving hitchhikers here. Right. Okay, so to avoid bringing them home, do not do this thing with the suitcase. Yeah, and be vigilant. Just check the bed. So their droppings looks like someone got a ballpoint pen and made a load of dots on a page. So first of all, you'll see droppings, and then you'll see the bed bugs themselves. Most people confuse bed bugs with bed mites, and mites you see under a microscope, and they're in every bed. They're in your bed, my bed. It's just part of having a bed. But bed bugs are quite big. They're like an apple pip. That's okay. type of shape as well. Okay. Okay. Uh. <laughs> yeah, this is why people like a linen change halfway through their holidays. And in fairness, by the time, like when you go to a holiday place, there's been a linen change before you got there. But sure, if if yeah. if McGuinness was living inside in the bed anyway, there's not a whole pile you can do. No, no, and and a lot of the times they're not on the mattress because you have a sheet wrapping the mattress, which yes. kind of keeps it safe. It's more the bed frame and the headboard is is the issue. Okay. All right, okay, Trevor. But the idea of, for, first of all, don't put your suitcases under the bed. I like that idea. And yeah. um, don't put all of the stuff for the wash into one suitcase and bring it home. There's no harm in putting it in the suitcase, but before you zip that suitcase up to come home, what I would do is I'd dump everything out and shake everything off and no. put it back in. And therefore, if there was anything on it, you've, you've gotten rid of them. I have you, I have you. Rainer was on to say, did you know there are dogs trained to sniff out bed, bed bugs? Yeah, we had two. They've retired uh, there in the last couple of years. Oh, but yeah, right. we had two dogs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dogs. Has someone actually thought of training dogs specifically to, to find the bed bugs? <laughs> yeah, we had two Amber and Pearl. They were two uh, springers, and we had them trained to to sniff out bed bugs. Everything gives off a scent, and and you can train dogs. They should the police have money dogs that are it's trained to yeah. sniff, sniff out large amounts of money. So yeah, if there's an odor that comes off it, you can train the dog to find it. Cool, cool. It has been a most interesting conversation, Trevor. <laughs> it has indeed. It has indeed. No problem. No. Thank you, sir. 0818969696. Cockroaches are one thing, but bed bugs. Yeah. And he's a and and he's a, a an expert in this stuff, and it makes his skin crawl. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it if they're there. They're there. 0818. 96, 96, 96. And they know when you're sleeping. 
Like, is there any? They know when you're asleep. They know by your breathing that you're asleep. They're attracted to your breath. There's no real repellent on them. Or no real. There's nothing draws them to you except the smell of your warm body. They want blood. Um. Oh God. <sighs> I'm scratching now. Cox 96 FM 0818 96 96 96. Actually, just see there, the, the, it's going to get very hot and humid over the next few days in many parts of the Canaries. And the one thing I noticed it before I was coming away, this flipping sand flies. I was sitting having lunch the other day and while I was having my lunch, they were having their lunch on my legs sand flies. They are horrible things and they come up with the humidity. And I meant to ask Trevor about them, but I didn't. They're they're not going to come home with you because they're not going to come in. They don't come into the apartment with you. They're just out. The clue is in the title. They're sand flies outside. They took lumps out of me while I was out there. But there's two things you can do when you're away. First of all, there's some very good sprays. There are some really good sprays. One of them is, I think it's, I think you can get it here too, OTAN, A-U-T- a-N. But something that I do when I'm going out at night is if you put into the suitcase uh, a little tub of Vicks Vapor Rub. Vicks Vapor Rub. You know the one for chesty cough and stuff like that. Now keep it in the fridge because it'll go to oil in the heat. But put some of that on the backs of your knees and at the back of your neck and maybe even under the lobe of your ears when you're going out. Yes, you might smell a bit odd for half an hour, but the camphor in it will keep the the flies and the biting insects away. Fix vapor up. Another place you can put it is just at the backs of your, el- of your elbows there. So the insides of your elbows, right? The insides of your knees, the back of your neck, and maybe up under your lobes of your ears. Just a tiny bit of Vicks vapor up, and it'll keep a lot of them away. Mick says I'm laughing here PJ and the Queen Bee are, they're racing back to when they put the their binds are racing back to where they put the luggage they got to the hotel no thankfully Mick we got over that one years ago do what we do with our luggage is when we have it empty um, we put the cases either in a corner standing on their own or out onto the balcony if there's a bit of space and just we, and we would do that shake the hell out of them before we come home because the cockroaches and stuff like that I swear I'm only wearing Vic for the bugs. I'm not going to a rave officer. Stop, 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 stop. But yeah, it does work. It certainly does work. 0818 96 96 96. Reminder to you, the Best of Cork Awards. You've been voting all the time I was away. And the decisions have been made. And they will be announced tonight. The winners of the Best of Cork Awards will be announced tonight. Keep an eye on social media. Uh, to hear more, 0818-969696. On iPhones, this is one out of the corner of my eye here. Maeve says, phones are an addiction, whether people agree or disagree. At the end of the day, no one will ever say, I wish I'd spent more time on my phone and then I'd missed out on so much actual life. Also, nobody wants to see your dinner or when you check in at the airport with the photo of a drink saying it's got to be done. Oh, I don't know about that one, Maeve. I don't know about that one. I did that the morning I flew out. I flew out at stupid o'clock in the morning and the bar was open. I took, I drank that, and I did drink the pint. I did, I did. 
Um, and I put some pictures up on my Instagram when it was a way of my morning coffee. And I swear it was just coffee. Morning coffee and my Kindle reader and the sun and the whatever. Yeah. I think that's okay. Isn't it? Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 just to remind you, Premier League life this summer has flown. It seems like only the other day we were talking about the end of the Premier League. Now it's back on 96fm.ie with Trevor Welsh for another season starting this Saturday at midday. Powered again by Talk Sport. Live coverage of Arsenal and Notts Forest at 12.30 Saturday. Brighton against Luton at 3. And Newcastle against Aston Villa at 5.30pm. Big day, big start to the season for Trevor and the team. Premier League Live online with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. You're listening Saturday on the Cork's 96FM app or go to 96FM.ie. If you open up the app and go down to the other streams, you'll find the Premier League Live tile down there, a button down there. Hit it and go straight to the games. 0818 96 96 96. Now, we talk from going Cork to all the four corners of the world and what you might find there Imagine coming to Cork from Mexico and setting up a business here and a successful business here. That's exactly what Sonia Kingston Castro did. Now, you were you, you, with a name like Sonia Kingston Castro, you went to Mexico and came back from it, did you? Or were you born there? Morning, Sonia. Good morning, PJ. Good morning. Thank you for having me on your show. Hi. You were from Mexico originally, yeah? I am. I am Mexican-born, yeah. Okay. And and how, how long have you been in Cork? I've been here now 12 years, yeah. Okay. And how did you come to be here? Well, I met a very friendly Irishman at a wedding <laughs> in 2010. So we hardly could talk because his accent was so different to the one I was taught in school. But <laughs> we managed to write into each other and we'd be able to communicate then. <laughs> and did you meet him here or did you meet him in Mexico? In Mexico, he was in a wedding in my hometown and we were there. Um, he was a cruiseman. I was uh, part of the bridal party and really like we couldn't talk each- to each other, but we were just dancing and happy and just friendly to each other. No, your, 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 English, your English is extremely good, Sonia. How, how was it that he wasn't. Was it because he didn't have any Spanish at the time, and you didn't have any English? What was it? He had no in, uh, Spanish at all. But let me tell you, it was a bit embarrassed for me because my parents paid so much money in paying education for me to learn English. And then when I meet someone that speaks um, na- their native English, I could not understand. Really? At all. Why not? <laughs> no, because what I learned was English from England. You know, the accent, and it was, hello, how are you? And then John comes and says, how's going? So, that's the crack. I was like, <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, so you, you, you knew English, but you didn't know English the way the Irish speakers. And more in Westcott, because uh, he's from Westcott. That's where I li- I'm living now. <laughs> so, when I arrive to, I arrive straight into Westcott. <laughs> how's going? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like learning another language. Now you have a business here too. Tell me about the, the veg boxes that you do. Yes, well, I grew, I grow seasonal vegetables. So basically, 
whatever is in season is kind of part of we're used to sometimes going to the shop and we can get everything we want and we think everything is available all the time of the year and in reality it's not you know like it comes from different parts of the world so my aim is to grow vegetables and we all eat what is available that week you know and i go one day before and i check what's ready to harvest and the next day in the morning i harvest whatever we have ready i'm growing around 30 different things uh, vegetables, I mean, and it would be things that would be interested to the local Irish people or to the local people around my area or my other clientele, which are the Mexicans in Cork. Oh, there are more of you? There are lots of me. How <laughs> many? How many? <laughs> well, let me tell you, in West Cork, we are only two ladies. It's myself here in Don Manuel and another friend of mine, one, one of my first friends, she's in Bantry. So it's the two Mexicans. Uh, well, ladies, because I know there are more men out there in West Cork, but they just keep to themselves, I suppose, so to their Irish family. But we are hundreds in Cork City. And like we have a WhatsApp group with hundreds of us. You know, it's when there is soccer time, it's very interesting. Uh, WhatsApp group. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you have your own, you're like, you've, you've, you've your own music to go along with the soccer as well. Yes, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> it's a big thing, soccer. And Mexican music, and you know, it's nice. It's nice uh, when I arrived here. It was very few of us that I had contact with, and it was more things related to family. And it was usually um, Mexican lady and the Irish husband. But now uh, there is a lot of I tech uh, companies in in Ireland, and there is lots of engineers moving from Mexico to work here in Ireland, and you see often now there are couples, you know, like men and women, or they come and decide to live in Ireland, and yeah. they are very brave. I, fantastic for them. How, how quickly after you met your husband at this wedding, where you, I, I'm so, I find it so funny, you had, your parents had educated you, and you had good English, but you couldn't understand a word out of this West Cork man, it was so funny. How long after you met him, did you realise this is this this man is the one well i came over to visit uh but we don't, we were very young like i was just barely in my 20s himself as well and like we didn't think much we were just like um happy and dreaming and everything was so excited so he loved mexico i when i came over i said okay i'm gonna visit you and it was around two years that we were visiting each other and I came to Ireland and I did my Euro trip. I traveled a few places, a few yeah. countries, I mean, and I just love his homestead, you know, his family. They were all so lovely. Like, I'm I'm here at the moment now in my polytunnel and I'm looking at the mountains and I can hear all the animals. It was It's just a lovely place, you know, and I encourage every... Uh, visitor or tourist in Ireland, like to not just stay in the cities, even though I am from a city, I know how fun a city is, but like to travel to the countryside and meet the locals, the locals, you know, that's where you really get the culture, which I do since day one. Fantastic. And I bet you have no problem with the accent now. I have no problem. Sometimes people get um, surprised because when they see me, they expect me to have <laughs> to say something else or to say something in Spanish, even though when I'm speaking English, they think in their brain that I'm saying something different. And I'm like, no, I'm speaking English, you know? It's lovely to talk to you, Sonia. And uh, good luck with the veg box. Kul Kilul Farm and Gardens is where you'll find Sonia and find out more about her, her veg boxes. I think that's so funny, though.
she met him at a wedding and she speaks English because she was educated and has English but she had no how's it going? <laughs> oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. another lovely story to take us out today uh, is the story of Umut and Shmal or Shimal they got engaged on the Cape Clear ferry lovely picture uh, over the weekend of it and it was all about finding the right place to propose and on a boat was the right place Umut explain to me why it was so right to propose on a boat good morning Good morning. Um, good morning. Hi, oh, they're both there. Great. Congratulations yeah, to you. Here. <laughs> Congratulations to you. Why was it so? First of all, where, where are you both from? We are originally from Turkey, but we've been here living in the Netherlands more than one and a half year, and okay. for him, more than two years already. Okay, so you're from Turkey, living in the Netherlands, yeah, yeah. but you were yeah. you were going over to from Baltimore to Cape Clear. So, you travel a lot together? Yeah, we're yeah. traveling a lot. We love to travel. Okay. And you wanted to get, you wanted to get engaged, I think, Umut, um, within sight of a lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah. So, the story begins with the lighthouse, actually. So, there was a beautiful light up in the Netherlands, and it was the, uh, the, the moment was there. Uh, it was a really special moment. And it was the first moment that I thought, okay, I really want to propose and I really want to spend my life with Ishmael like a forever. And, uh, but I wasn't ready because I didn't have a ring for that moment. Uh, afterwards, I prepared everything, I planned everything and searched many lighthouses around the world. And I found a really beautiful lighthouse in Ireland. It was totally white and like, it was representing our marriage, our future. It was clear. So, yeah, I planned everything and I arranged everything. And it was really nice. And why, why was it so important to do, it, to do the proposal on a boat as well? Was it the first present you gave each other was a boat, was it? A, a paper boat? Yeah. Shamal, you, you, gave, you, you gave him a boat. I believe that our life story is based on like a paper boat because like a year ago when we were studying in a library in our university, he just made a paper boat and I put the, this one in a like plastic water bottle and I was keeping this one with me in my room and one day I found it, it just disappeared and I was so sad. I asked everyone in the house and no one was no, very gone. And I told him that I'm so sad. And he told me, no worries. It, it's not disappear. It's just gone for his journey. And we need to follow him. <sighs> and since then, we are believing that we are following this paper boat. And we have seen him. We are calling him. <laughs> We're seeing him many that we visited. Listen, romantic. Uh, lighthouse, yeah, lighthouses, yeah. boats, paper boats, bottles, yeah. travel. This yeah. sounds like something out of a romance model, novel. Is he a very romantic man? Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe that our relationship is so strong because we are like writing our own destiny and we are believing our own story. 
So that's why I think we have a very strong relationship. Well, well may I wish you long and happy years together um, when you eventually do get married. That's Umut and Shimal. They're in the Netherlands now. They're Turkish. They met in college in the Netherlands. They travel around for light, looking at lighthouses and they got engaged in within the shadows of the Fastnet Rock Lighthouse recently. What a nice little story. What a nice story. So a bit of a delay on that line. Apologies for that. 0818 96 96 96 on Bugs. Use aftershave lotion, PJ. Put it on every exposed area. Uh, keep topping it up. You might need to do it more often than a repellent, but it's not harmful. And it smells nice. And there's unisex aftershaves out there now, if you prefer. Yeah. Oh, God, no. But this then kind of happens every year. While on the topic of small, creepy crawlies, there seems to be a big resurgence of head lice. So before you go back to school, check all the little heads. And also for long hair and French plaits is the best way to keep it safe. Lice bat. We're never really without head lice, are we? Isn't that a lovely way to finish before show coming back? <sighs> but we're done. Programme edited by Fergal Barry, produced and researched today by Richard Vickery. Thank you again to Gareth for the last couple of weeks, and I will talk to you tomorrow, just after nine. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.